Chapter 6. Bible Study Tools You don't need tools to study the Bible. If the only resources available to you are your Bible and your connection with God, you already have everything you need to learn and grow as a Christian. That said, there are many helpful tools you can use to get even more out of your Bible study. In this section, we'll take a look at what those tools are, how to use them, and, just as importantly, how not to use them. Purchasing these tools can quickly become expensive. Consider using your local library or the websites included in the digital tools section at the end of this chapter. Cross-references, topical indexes, and dictionaries. Useful for finding related scriptures and understanding concepts. For any given verse of the Bible, there are often dozens of other similar or related verses, but the Bible isn't set up in a way that makes it easy to search for topics and subjects. In fact, unless you already happen to have those related verses memorized, finding them can be a painstaking endeavor. In fact, unless you already happen to have those related verses memorized, finding them can be a painstaking endeavor. Both cross-references and topical indexes are perfect for helping you find the passages you're looking for. Cross-references. Useful for finding scriptures related to a specific verse. Cross-references offer an easy way to find verses that quote, refer to, expound on, or continue the story of the verse you're reading. Many Bibles include cross-references in a center column or footnotes, but a dedicated resource will typically include many more references than your Bible margins. For example, you might start with the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 20 verse 12. Looking up that verse in a cross-reference would point you toward a wealth of other scriptures related to that commandment, including Deuteronomy 5.16, where Moses repeated the Ten Commandments to Israel, Luke 18.20, where Jesus lists it as a commandment necessary for inheriting eternal life, Ephesians 6.2, where Paul describes it as the first commandment with promise, and Romans 13.9, where Paul explains that all of God's laws teach us to love one another. You may not have had all those verses in mind just from reading the fifth commandment in Exodus 20, but a cross-reference will help you find and follow those connections. Suggested cross-reference, Treasury of Scripture Knowledge by R.A. Torrey. Topical indexes, useful for finding scriptures related to a specific topic. Rather than starting with a particular verse in mind, topical indexes allow you to search for verses that deal with a specific subject or topic. For example, you might look up Earth and find a list of subcategories. The Earth as God's footstool, the New Earth, God's role in Earth's creation, and so on. You could do the same for any number of subjects, people, places, events, even intangible concepts like repentance or salvation. The advantage of a topical index over a concordance is that a topical index will include verses about a topic, even if those verses don't mention the name of a topic. A concordance won't list John 3.16 under mercy or grace, but a topical index probably would. As you turn to and read the passages on your chosen topic, you'll begin to develop a clearer idea of what God has to say about that topic. If you find a particular verse interesting and want to dig deeper, you can always look it up in a cross-reference to continue your study. Suggested Topical Indexes Nave's Topical Bible by Orville J. Nave Tory's New Topical Textbook by R.A. Tory. The Complete Topical Guide to the Bible by M. Manser, A. McGrath, J. Packer, and D. Wiseman. Dictionary of Bible Themes by Martin Manser. 
Dictionaries. Useful for finding encyclopedia-like entries defining various Bible topics. Bible dictionaries work like encyclopedias, specifically for the Bible. Rather than just giving related verses, Bible dictionaries offer entries explaining the people, places, events, and important words of the Bible. Dictionaries are great ways to find a concise summary of biblical people and concepts, but be aware that these entries are written by people coming from different denominations with a mix of different perspectives on both Christianity and the Bible. Don't rely on a dictionary as the final authority on a subject. It should just be a starting point for research. Suggested Bible Dictionaries Zondervan Illustrated Bible Dictionary Anchor Bible Dictionary Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary Erdman's Dictionary of the Bible New Unger's Bible Dictionary Maps and Atlases Useful for bringing biblical locations to life, especially in terms of their geography and culture. Maps are helpful tools for better understanding where important Bible stories took place. You can find single maps of biblical locations, often with a simple online search, or you can use a collection of maps and other regional data, known as an atlas. Maps. Useful for quick overviews of important biblical places. Places are often front and center in the Bible stories. Israel, Babylon, Ur, Assyria, Jerusalem, Canaan, Egypt. It can be hard to keep track of where each empire, nation, and city is located in relation to others, which makes a simple map extremely helpful for following the Bible's narrative. Most of the Bible is focused on the land of Israel and the kingdoms surrounding it. Many map sets will display how these regions looked during multiple eras of Bible history. Remember, we don't know exactly where all these ancient sites were located. The locations of many famous places, like Sinai, Ararat, Sodom and Gomorrah, Kadesh Barnea, and others, come down to the best guesses of scholars and researchers. As long as you're aware of this limitation, maps are helpful tools for visualizing and understanding some of the Bible's most important stories. Suggested Maps Then and Now Bible Maps Insert by Rose Publishing Atlases Useful for Detailed Insights into Biblical Locations Strictly speaking, an atlas is just a collection of maps, but a Bible atlas is often more than that. In addition to useful maps, Bible atlases are filled with extra archaeological, topographical, and historical information. These are great resources for getting a visual overview of mountains and valleys, bodies of water, weather patterns, important cities, travel routes, troop movements, historic journeys, tribal boundaries, and more. Many atlases also include modern-day pictures of historical sites, cross-sections of buildings, relevant timelines, artists' renditions, and information on important archaeological discoveries. Suggested Atlases The Carta Bible Atlas by Y. Aharoni, M. Aviona, A. Rainey, Z. Safrai, and R. S. Notley. Ultimate Bible Atlas by Holman Bible Publishers. Rose Then and Now Bible Maps Atlas with Biblical Background and Culture by Paul H. Wright. Zondervan Essential Atlas of the Bible by Carl G. Rasmussen Concordances and Lexicons Useful for taking a closer look at the meanings of Hebrew and Greek words. When you want a better understanding of the original languages used by the Bible's authors, concordances and lexicons are your friends. But it's important to understand what each one can and can't do. Concordance Useful for 
finding all occurrences of English, Hebrew, and Greek words in the Bible. In a concordance, you can look up an English word and find a list of all the verses where that word shows up in a given translation. For example, you might look up the word rock in a Strong's Concordance and discover that the King James Version uses the word rock in 106 verses. Many concordances will also list a long reference number alongside those verses. Usually these numbers are known as Strong's numbers, though some resources use GK numbers instead. GK stands for Edward Goodrick and John Kohlenberger, who developed a different numbering system. These numbers are important. They're your link to the Hebrew and Greek words behind the translation. For example, Strong's ties rock to five unique Hebrew and Greek words, each represented by a different number. Tsur, Strong's number H6697, Selah, Strong's number H5553, Maoz, Strong's number H4581, Halamish, Strong's number H2496, and Petra, Strong's number G4073. That means, whenever you see the word rock in your Bible, the King James Version specifically, it comes from one of these five words. But those five words each carry different meanings, which you can take a look at by putting those Strong's numbers to use. Most concordances also include something known as a gloss for each of those Hebrew and Greek words. If you look up the Hebrew word sur in Strong's Concordance, you'll find it defined as rock or cliff. If you look it up in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, you'll find an exhaustive list of everything that Sur is translated to mean in the King James Version. Edge, Mighty One, Rock, Sharp, Stone, Strength, and Strong. This is where it's easy to get into trouble with the concordance. A concordance can show us all the English words that a Greek or Hebrew word has been translated into, but it does not give us a list of interchangeable definitions. Languages are complicated, and context matters. We can't replace every instance of tsur in the Old Testament with mighty one, or even strength. Sometimes tsur means rock, sometimes it means strength, and sometimes it's even a reference to God himself. But swapping those out without regard to context would make an absolute mess of things. If we did that, Psalm 89.43 might read, You have turned back the rock of his sword, instead of edge. 2 Samuel 21.10 might say that Rizpah took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the Mighty One instead of rock, and so on. The value of a concordance lies in how it helps us quickly identify which Hebrew and Greek words have been translated into which English words. It can also help us find a particular verse we are looking for. But trying to use it for something else can lead us to incorrect interpretations of God's Word. Suggested Concordances Strongest Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible Young's Analytical Concordance to the Bible Englishman's Greek Concordance Lexicon Useful for Understanding the meanings of Hebrew or Greek words based on context and usage For the purpose of Bible study, a lexicon is more or less a dictionary for another language. When it comes to defining and explaining Hebrew and Greek words, a lexicon offers a great deal more insight than a concordance can. The trade-off here is that all that extra insight can make a lexicon denser and harder to use at first. There will be references to grammatical rules of the original languages, confusing parenthetical citations, entire words and phrases written in Hebrew and Greek. In other words, you might find yourself having to study the tool you're using to study. But more often than not, it's worth the effort. Lexicons often use Strong's numbers to make finding words easier. So if you've used a concordance to find a Hebrew or Greek word you'd like to study, 
you can use that same Strong's number to look up the word in a lexicon, which is helpful because the alternative is recognizing the Hebrew or Greek word by sight, not an easy task for most of us. Some of the more advanced lexicons do expect you to have a working knowledge of the language involved, but there are many other options you can use instead. A lexicon will further break down the possible meanings of a word, as well as point you toward verses that showcase each meaning. We looked at Sur, Strong's number 86697, as an example for concordances. If we look that word up in a Hebrew lexicon like Brown Driver Briggs, we find that it is indeed a masculine noun meaning rock or cliff. But then we get a wealth of information about the different ways it can be used. The first definition focuses on examples of sur as a literal rock. A rocky wall or cliff, definition 1a. A rock with a flat surface, definition 1b. A block of stone or a boulder, definition 1c. And even a rock with a specific name, definition 1d. The second definition looks at sur as a metaphor for God, definition 2a, and even for false pagan gods, definition 2b. Each definition includes example scriptures and extra details when available. Lexicons are especially helpful when it comes to verbs, as they can clarify what exactly is going on in a given verse. When the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness in Mark 1 verse 12, the word translated drive is the verb ekbalo, Strong's number G1544. Strong's concordance gives this gloss for ekbalo. I throw, cast, put out, I banish, I bring forth, produce. That's a wide range of meanings, but again, a lexicon will break down those different meanings and point you toward scriptures that fit each definition. Thayer's Greek lexicon breaks ekbalo down into two different general meanings, with the included notion of more or less violence and without the notion of violence. It's important to understand that the spirit wasn't violently banishing Jesus into the wilderness, but leading him there with haste. A good lexicon will help clarify the difference. Note, many of the Greek lexicons you'll find online for free are very old. Thayer's Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament was first published in 1885 and is largely based on classical or Attic Greek. More than 300 years before the New Testament was written, classical Greek had evolved into Koine Greek. Languages can change quite a bit in 300 years, so use these older lexicons with caution. They're not entirely outdated, but we know much more about Koine Greek today than when Thayer's was first published. Consider using a newer Greek lexicon for more reliable definitions. Suggested lexicons. Easier to use. A Hebrew and English lexicon of the Old Testament, also known as Brown Driver Briggs or BDB, by Francis Brown, S.R. Driver, and Charles A. Briggs. Mounts's Complete Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words by William D. Mounts. The Complete Word Study Dictionary, Old Testament, by Warren Baker and Eugene Carpenter. The Complete Word Study Dictionary, New Testament, by Spiros Zodiates. More Advanced, Knowledge of Greek Alphabet Required. Greek-English Lexicon of the New Testament Based on Semantic Domains, by Johann Liu and Eugene Nida. Very Advanced, Knowledge of Hebrew and Greek Words and Grammar Required. The Hebrew and Aramaic Lexicon of the Old Testament, also known as Halot, by Ludwig Kohler and Baumgartner. A Greek-English Lexicon of the New Testament and Other Early Christian Literature, 3rd Edition, also known as BDAG, by Walter Bauer and Frederick Danker. Harmonies, Timelines, and Charts. Useful for Organizing Bible Events and Information. 
The Bible was not written or organized with chronology as a top priority. Sometimes, stories are spread across multiple books, and even within those books, the stories might be presented in order of importance or relevance. Sometimes, uncovering the actual order of events can be a headache, which is where harmonies and timelines come in. Harmonies, useful for reading through one synchronized account of biblical events. There are a few sections of the Bible, the Gospel accounts and the history of Israel's kings specifically, where reading the story in chronological order requires flipping back and forth between multiple books of the Bible. A harmony solves this problem by rearranging the text in its most likely order. If there are parallel accounts, two stories recounting the same event, those accounts are placed side by side, making it easy to identify what books are providing what details. The trouble is that any harmony involves some amount of guesswork and deduction. There's never a guarantee that any harmony is entirely accurate, so you'll need to read it with that in mind. That said, reading through an account in its most probable order can clear up a lot of confusion about what's happening in the story, and why. Suggested Harmonies A Harmony of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles by William Day Crockett A Harmony of the Gospels by A.T. Robertson A Harmony of the Four Gospels by Orville E. Daniel Timelines and Charts Useful for looking at a summary or overview of important biblical events and data. Trying to keep track of the sheer amount of information in the Bible can be daunting. You'll come across narrative threads, sacrificial requirements, royal dynasties, festivals, wars, kingdoms, tribes, heights, weights, architectural blueprints, historical epics, and more. And if you're like most people, you won't be able to hold it all in your head. Thankfully, there are quite a few resources out there to help you make sense of it all. They come with the same caveat as harmonies. It's nearly impossible to put these charts and timelines together without at least a little guesswork, especially when it comes to calendar years. Treat these resources as general guides rather than precision instruments, and you'll find them invaluable in developing a clearer picture of important biblical events. Suggested Timelines Chronological and Background Charts of the Old Testament by John H. Walton Chronological and Background Charts of the New Testament by H. Wayne House Amazing Bible Timeline with World History by Bible Charts and Maps, LLC Rose Book of Bible Charts, Maps, and Timelines Rose Chronological Guide to the Bible Time Chart of Biblical History by Chartwell Books Commentaries Useful for Learning from the Observations and Insights of Others Commentaries are collections of years of biblical studies, research, discoveries, ideas, and questions. Their purpose is to provide additional insight into the scriptures. A commentary might provide insight into the cultural background of biblical locations or explain the impact of an ancient custom on the way a narrative unfolds. It might dig into the spiritual implications of certain statements or help draw connections and parallels between related scriptures. It might explain the meaning of Hebrew and Greek words and phrases used by the author of the book. Broadly speaking, commentaries fit into one of two categories, expositional and exegetical. Expositional commentaries exposit, or elaborate, on the lessons and applications of scripture. Exegetical commentaries share an exegesis, or critical analysis, of the original text of the Bible. Of course, expositional commentaries often draw their lessons from exegesis. The difference is in what the commentaries present. Expositional commentaries focus on the finished product, the lessons being taught, while exegetical commentaries focus on showing the work that goes on behind the scenes, 
the meanings of phrases, historical context, grammatical constructions, etc. There's a lot of wiggle room in these categories. Some commentaries might focus only on exposition, or only on exegesis, while others have a blend of both. Expositional commentaries tend to be more accessible to most readers since they don't depend on detailed explanations of Hebrew and Greek words. When you read through various commentaries, remember, just because it's in a commentary doesn't mean it's true. We believe the Bible was written by men who were inspired by God. We don't believe that everyone who writes about the Bible is inspired by God. You will inevitably find Bible passages where commentaries contradict each other or else provide a variety of conflicting explanations. The authors of commentaries are coming from a wide variety of denominations and schools of thought regarding the Bible. We should be careful not to assume everything we read is a correct or valid interpretation of God's Word. These can be helpful tools, but they are not infallible. The final authority is always the Bible itself. To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8 verse 20. However, as long as we make sure to compare and verify what we're reading against the inspired word of God, we can uncover plenty of insights that will enhance our own studies as we draw closer to God. Expositional Commentaries Useful for Learning Spiritual Lessons from the Scriptures Expositional commentaries, which can include devotional or homiletical commentaries, are focused primarily on the lessons to be learned from Scripture. These commentaries will often include stories, anecdotes, and analogies to help make those lessons easier to understand. Expositional commentaries are generally easier to read than exegetical commentaries, and they tend to read less like reference material and more like a sermon or conversation. Homiletics is literally the art of preaching. Suggested Expositional Commentaries The New Daily Study Bible, NDSB, by William Barclay The Bible Commentary, 21st Century Edition Tyndale Old and New Testament Commentaries, TOTC and TNTC Focus on the Bible Commentaries, FOB Exegetical Commentaries Useful for Understanding what the scriptures mean in their original context Exegetical commentaries are based on the author's studies of the original Greek and Hebrew texts, as well as their knowledge of the historical time frame of the text. These commentaries are more likely to make heavy reference to the original Bible languages, although this isn't always the case. Turn to these commentaries when you want to understand what exactly the authors of the Bible were trying to say through the words they wrote down. Be warned that some, though not all, exegetical commentaries expect you to have at least some knowledge of Hebrew or Greek as they explain the nuances of different passages. Suggested Exegetical Commentaries Expositor's Bible Commentary, Revised Edition New International Commentary on the Old and New Testaments Word Biblical Commentary New American Commentary Interlinears Useful for studying the exact wording of the underlying Hebrew and Greek texts. When you want to take a closer look at what an author of the Bible was saying, an interlinear gives you the ability to analyze the original languages themselves. You can use an interlinear to help map exactly which Hebrew or Greek words have been translated into which English words. That might not be particularly useful information on its own, but you can use it to discover more about how the word is being used. The interlinear itself or a secondary resource like the Englishman's Concordance, can help you identify the word's morphology, important details about how the word works.
Unless you're looking at morphology on a regular basis, you'll probably need to consult a grammar guide online to understand exactly what a genitive masculine third person singular personal pronoun is, or why it matters that a first person plural verb is in the imperfect indicative active tense. And that's okay. You probably won't have much use for interlinears, except for times when you're curious about a very specific word or phrase in the Bible. When that happens, an interlinear is great for showing you what exactly a Hebrew or Greek word is meant to be doing in the manuscript. It'll take some extra research on your part to understand what's going on, but it's a great way to gain valuable insight into the text. For example, an interlinear will show you that when Mark wrote his gospel, he wrote in a special Greek tense that's closer to the English present tense than the past tense. In Mark 11.27 we read, Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him. The original Greek reads as if those events are unfolding around you, something closer to, Then they are coming again to Jerusalem, and as he is walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders come to him. There's an urgency and an excitement to Mark's account that doesn't come through in most translations. One thing to keep in mind is that any interlinear is going to be based on a set of manuscripts, or text types. We discuss this more in Chapter 7, How to Choose a Translation. There will be passages, like the model prayer in Matthew 6, that contain noticeable differences depending on whether you're using an interlinear based on the Textus Receptus or the critical text. Suggested Interlinears the Interlinear Bible, Hebrew-Greek-English by J.P. Green. The NKJV Greek-English Interlinear New Testament by Arthur Farstad and Zane Hodges. Digital tools, useful for accessing a larger library of tools quickly and efficiently. Traditional Bible tools are helpful, but they can get cumbersome. If you have one Bible open and want to compare it with another translation, that's two Bibles. Add a concordance for checking Strong's numbers, and a lexicon for inspecting a Greek word, plus a handful of commentaries, and suddenly you're running out of room on your desk. The obvious benefit of using software or online tools in your studies is the ability to condense an entire library into the space of your computer, or even your phone. Although resources for Bible software can be extremely expensive, many online tools are free, often because they rely on older public domain works. Probably the biggest benefit of using a digital Bible study tool is that it will often do the hard work of linking individual tools together for you. It's usually a simple task to open a side-by-side -side comparison of two or more Bible translations, jump to an interlinear, click on an associated Strong's number, scan through its uses in the Bible, choose another verse where it appears, and then find a list of related verses and commentary entries. With physical books, that's a serious undertaking. Digitally, you can do it in seconds. Computer software, useful for managing and accessing an expansive and often expensive digital library. Typically, dedicated Bible software for your computer allows you to purchase and browse your own digital library of reference material. Different programs provide different sets of features for interacting with that material, typically in the form of powerful searches and cross-linked material. Suggested software, eSword by Rick Myers. Lagos Bible Software by Faithlife Corporation. Olive Tree Bible Software by Olive Tree Bible Software. The Discovery Bible by Helps Ministries. Phone apps. Useful for simple research and study when a computer isn't an option. Smaller screens aren't well suited to text heavy research, but there are many Bible study apps available for your phone. These are best used when a full size computer isn't available. 
Suggested Apps, Uversion by LifeChurch, BibleHub by BibleHub.com, Blue Letter Bible by Blue Letter Bible, The Study Bible by Grace to You, Logos Bible Study App by FaithLife Corporation, Bible App, Read and Study Daily by Olive Tree Bible Software, Bible Maps Plus by Matthew Henneke. Websites, useful for making use of free public domain tools and other resources. Websites have the benefit of being accessible from your computer or your phone, and many of the resources are freely available. Every site offers a different set of tools, although many of them overlap in areas. It's worth trying each of them and seeing what works best for your needs. Suggested websites. Life, Hope, and Truth. Bible Hub. Bible Gateway. Study Light. Bible Study Tools. Blue Letter Bible.